0: I always like to think of a boat where it's like you have this giant boat and it's going to go off like Niagara Falls and there's a bunch of people at the front being kind of like, hey, we're going to go off this like giant waterfall. And then there's a bunch of people in the middle being like, yeah, those people say we're going to go for waterfall. Maybe we should go look. And then there's a whole bunch of people at the back being like, woohoo, party. Who wants to play Canasta? I got some booze out here. And I'm like, those people are having way more fun. And the other people are like, wah, wah, wah. And so it's like, maybe we should tell the captain. And, and everyone's like, come on, captain, just keep us on course. And he's like, whatever, majority rules. <laughs> and like, and then, and then, I feel like I'm almost in the middle where I'm be like, well, we're gonna go for the waterfall anyway, so maybe I'll go play canasta with those guys.
1: You are now listening to good, bad, or bullshit.
0: Welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Random topics, unrehearsed conversation, quality reviews since 2013. Um, I'm one of your hosts today. My name is Michael Hodgins, and the other two hosts, who are always the other two hosts, uh, are starting with Mr. Bo Schwartz. Hello, Bo.
2: Hello, Michael. Hello, GBB listeners. It's an absolute
0: pleasure to be here, as always. <laughs> so, and, of course, Mr. Crofton Steers. Hello, Crofton. Hey, how's it going, Mike and Bo and listeners? Did you guys set your clocks ahead for daylight savings time? Nope, I let the phone
2: take care of that, uh, yeah, so I, too. I don't even notice anymore. Just like, whatever, you know. I
1: I let my baby take care of it.
0: <laughs> by, by getting up the same ungodly time as normal? Yeah,
1: well, actually, it, yeah, the clock told me it was later, but it felt the same. <laughs> That's the thing about time. It's just
0: you know a construct, just a tool we created. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, daylight. I'm I'm really tired today, mostly due to the daylight savings and the baby. Um, the thing is, the thing is, uh, I think we should do daylight savings as a topic. I don't want to show my hand or anything, but daylight savings sucks. Uh,
0: that's that's a good. T- we should add. We should put it in the hopper because that actually is a good. Uh, A good one to review.
2: I got got to jump in and and share with you guys another thing that is also sort of not quite a social construct, but it's like um, this idea that we have to drink milk. Um, I think I just discovered this week that I'm I'm mildly lactose intolerant in that um, I did some experiments where I would drink a glass of milk and then I'd immediately have stomach pains and have to uh, evacuate my plumbing, as it were. And it's weird because I think I've had this uh, for a long time, and I'm only just noticing it now. So I'm, like, cutting out milk from my diet, <laughs> which it's kind of like Oroville Redenbacher not being able to eat popcorn, <laughs> you know? It's huge. I love milk. I drink, like, liters of – that's, like, the other worst part is, like, I drink a ton of it a day. It's
0: it's funny that the, you, this is just like – because, I, I mean – Uh, Andrea is lactose intolerant, she doesn't really drink milk, it's a pretty common thing and you're like the construct that we have to drink milk i feel like that's just the milk lobby that's well, just like yeah, drink milk but like you know it's not for, really from my from my remove as a layman
2: and and consequently, consequently as a child i mean in school there was a milk program where they mandatorily gave me milk like every day and stuff yeah and but that's that's my family's like my dad's side is like farmer style so like i don't know you don't it's just not heard of like milk it's is also, a good thing drink milk you know
1: it was also part of the canadian food pyramid and all that sort of yeah, stuff right again the milk lobby yeah but like <laughs> it it's one thing to point to all this stuff and say it's the milk lobby it's the bread lobby or whatever but it, it doesn't change the fact that we grew up with it and we've been conditioned to think like i agree with what Beau was saying he grew up and thinks that it's that it's you know you got to have milk it's part of a healthy diet
0: i i guess so but i mean yeah i'm not lactose intolerant and i love me some ice cream and other milk related products but I also have heard that uh, all pretty much all mammals after a certain age lose the enzyme to break down milk and only humans because we continuously drink it some of us manage to retain that enzyme but a lot just don't after uh, infancy because no other mammal drinks milk beyond infancy so that's why we kind of have all these people who like have the stomach pains and stuff uh, because it's not it's kind of weird to drink milk if you if you think about it.
2: Yeah, well, well I'll tell you, my enzymes are gone. They're gone, man. <laughs> and I think for the longest time, I thought it related to smoking. But since I don't smoke anymore, and I'm still, you know, like it was just, it's too direct of a correlation that that hmm. I'm I'm certain of it.
1: So I, I like it's, how I like how he attaches everything to smoking. He's like, I just assumed that when the milk burned my throat <laughs> and shot out my backside, it was related to smoking. <laughs> wow. Well yeah <laughs> i guess you could just
0: blame everything on smoking because it's an ill
2: yeah um, but uh it's not always the causes. but
0: good for you bowie yeah like cutting it out is a good way to um to just to, to see if that's if uh, you're if your you know bowels improve so yeah. good luck then yeah well thanks i'm gonna
2: try and have to change my diet the other way i'm changing my diet too is um i'm no longer putting sugar in my coffee which i have you to thank for that mike Um, You do? Yeah, because uh, you recommended I put honey instead of actual like white granular sugar in my coffee. Yeah, it's the worst. And um, I enjoyed the taste. But the thing is, is that it actually just tastes like coffee without sugar. Like it's closer to that. So I'm making that transition as well because I feel like I also intake a lot of sugar. I drink two or three cups a day. Not measuring cups, but, you know, mugs of it, whatever this is, maybe 18 ounces. And that's a lot of coffee. So huge dietary changes on the bow front. I'm feeling like a new man and it's only been like
0: four or five days. Cutting out, cutting out the sugar is a good thing. I heard re- that the U.S. is finally going to, like the U.S. people who do the food, you were talking about the food guide crafting, but they're going to release, apparently, I don't know if this is true, I read it in the Washington Post, saying that um, the U.S. government is going to recommend people drink three to five cups of coffee a day. And I was like, this sounds like
2: BS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but apparently there's been so many studies coming out that say coffee lowers your cardio risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, and that the negative consequences are kind of not real really anything so they were just like oh yeah you're better off to drink coffee but it has to be three to five so i'm like i need to drink more apparently yeah just don't put
2: sugar and milk in it i don't know like i because i'm trying to cut out the, 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 the two most popular added additions yeah. to coffee so. keeping it black is uh,
0: yeah crofton i know only puts milk in and that's a, a good way to start don't get hooked on the sugar uh, and then it's
2: i'm gonna sw- consider switching to soy milk actually uh, that's got endocrine disruptor. Okay, well, let's get to a topic. <laughs> we- <laughs> All right, well, anyways, so now that you've had an update on my dietary issues, let's uh, get out with the show. All right, Mike, we're waiting on you.
0: Ugh. <coughs> Ugh. <coughs> 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 uh. <sighs> Uh, the topic today—it's <laughs> funny. Climate change is the topic. That's like <laughs> a can of
1: worms topic. It's funny. It's funny though because uh, I was just expecting—I don't know—when there's a giant preamble on a topic like like Bo's uh, health and bowel state and all that sort of thing. I kind of assumed that that whatever was going to come out was going to be related. Again, listeners, this is a random topic generator. We do not control. Uh, What comes out So climate change It goes kind of with Like recently We've had a trend Where we had the outdoor Ones And then we had We In in that was Weather prediction In which Mm. Bo In his verdict Went on a Sidebar And shat on climate change If I recall So This This this. (laughs) this not <laughs> what happened. Oh, really? I recall you saying it that, was something like that. That that it didn't exist because we can't predict <laughs> we can't predict a week in the future of weather predictions. No. So how can we? Appro- that is what you said. I uh, said to
2: we- the layman who doesn't understand what people oh. mean by it. I think are we take our attitudes about weather prediction and apply it to something like climate change, which is two different things, but I think they're um, conflated. To the, average, to the average person who doesn't know, you know, who says, climate change, that's a conspiracy made by the government. I, I, super high taxes, <laughs> you know. All right, so what is the difference between weather and climate change? Um, well, I'm not the most informed, but how about let me take a crack at it, which is <laughs> um, weather is like, it's like a description of local phenomena. Like when we refer to the weather, we're like, is it sunny? Is it going to be rainy? What are the environmental factors that affect human living? Where I think like climate change is a, a broader topic about we have this thing we have this um uh sphere that encompasses the earth that we live in that um can change dramatically to the point where it's unable to sustain human life or any life or whatever so i think the climate change conversation is about um the earth has a climate in which it can sustain life as we know it and if that's changed, even in small, subtle ways, that can have a dramatic impact on our health or, or even our existence, uh, where we could become extinct. Um, and so I think the concern about climate change is that we are impacting the climate through our daily activities like factories and cars and other, uh, you know. Mostly you just, carbon dioxide. Uh, but sure. You know. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not 100% clear on it, but maybe we can explore that. And, and so that that's going to have an impact on our ability to, you know, live, be able to live in the future and we should pay attention to it. Have I, did I cover, Is that broad yeah. enough? Like, yeah.
0: Well, you started with the difference between weather and climate, which I think you did a good job, uh, uh, disent- disentangling. One Why, is the whole, and one you. is the local, which I think is true. Yeah. And, uh,
1: yeah, it's like in th- there are different climates throughout the world. So, uh the climate in say the rainforest is 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 different than the climate in in Canada, yet the the say the day-to-day weather um in 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 both there could be a thunderstorm in Canada at the same time as there's a thunderstorm in the rainforest. Um I, I do uh I do think though that um that when, when you talk about the the how the climate can be slightly altered i think i think that you know that has big effects on a local level it isn't necessarily when when you talk about like the whole climate uh being no longer livable on earth that's a that's a giant climate shift i think the little the little shifts would be like a, 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 the temperature say in the aforementioned rainforest going up a couple of degrees or down a couple of degrees in which you know well, I th-
0: uh, I do think it's it's a step a step broader than that. That like the climate is the whole
1: thing. So, like well, so- it, it, if the my understanding had always been that it, it, it's a couple of it's a couple of degrees to the climate in each area, and that that will eventually could yeah, potentially not, like, lead to the melting of the polar ice caps and and, and all sorts of other severe uh, climate change type weather phenomena that would that would uh, negatively impact life on the globe
0: yeah like but you wouldn't say like oh a couple degrees here or there from the climate you, you'd get one kind of glo- there's like a global average and if you get a global where you take the, the climate as a whole all over the world and say if the global average of the climate goes up one to two degrees, then it affects the weather in all these different places in different ways. So, like climate affects weather, but not vice versa necessarily. My
2: understanding too, from because I've, I've watched a few doc docu documentaries, and none of a lot of it hasn't stuck. But my sense is that like a one to two degree like year over year increase is actually quite large. Like it doesn't sound like a lot because on our day to day living, one degree is like who notices that, but but for the global average to, to move is like that's actually a really f- rapid rate like it's not slow at all
0: yeah it's it's huge and um and i think that you you mentioned the whole doomsday aspect of it and a lot of people w- will go on like to, if you extrapolate from that to say like 1 to 2 degrees you know we'll be seeing known effects uh but but there's some predictions and some models that say by you know 20 Twenty one hundred, we could go up seven degrees, or something like. And if that happens, we're talking, uh, you know, mass scale desertification of land, massive floods, like re- really totally toppling what we think of as normal weather patterns because the climate would be that hot. Um, th- those are like the big doomsday uh, sayers. If we keep it under you know two degrees, then it might be not as impactful. That's the whole, but that's kind of the whole debate about this thing is, um, uh, and there's also the argument: Do we did we cause this? Which as it keeps coming up again the scientific community is in like 100% agreement that it's human cause which specifically is is around the rate right because there are, there are natural phenomena such as volcanoes or maybe some people like to say the, the solar the, the sun is changing so that might affect things there are things like that that do affect it but they tend to be more gradual where we've seen this this warming has happened uh, we're talking like the past few decades, there's been major warming, and that's what's different than other warming trends in the past. Uh, so, again, so it's one like, of those things. That, like we've, it's, it's almost not worth debating whether or not we've caused it. It's more like, what's the deal with it? But-, but
1: actually, just before you do say whether it's not worth debating, one thing that has always puzzled me, and Mike, maybe you know the answer to this, uh, with regards to the climate change debate, is that it remain it remains still a debate uh in what i mean is not i'm not saying within the scientific community in so much as i mean like it there's still a sizable amount of the population that that it, you know is is not swayed by the science and and what confuses me a little bit about th- that maybe it's the complexity of the issue maybe it's the long termness of uh of cl- climate change but like take um, both uh, vaccinations and evolution—two other sort of very, you know, um, uh, contentious uh, issues—where the scientific evidence overwhelmingly points to, uh, you know, in one direction. It seems like everybody sort of uh, agrees that that the science, you know, the science is right on this, except for uh, either extremely religious people in the case of evolution and and a a uh, you know troublingly large group of maybe m- misled zealots in the in the in the uh, case of vaccination what i don't un- i guess what i don't understand with regards to climate change is of the three it seems like it is by far the one that people aren't as uniformly uh, recognize like they don't recognize the scientific evidence as uniformly as they do for the two others and and there's still a lot of people that will will be trying to will will try to make the case that that you know scientists aren't 100% on this or that, that they will try and they will try and like poke holes with 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 counter scientific uh, Pseudo scientific papers or whatever, saying like, "Oh, you know, this is not, this is not in fact." There's no definitive proof for whatever. Um, and and I'm wondering why that is. Why climate change is slightly different than than the two others, and why people still have issues with it.
0: I I, th- I think the answer to that question is 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 fairly obvious in the sense that when you talk about what the potential implications are of wide-scale climate change of like five to seven degree climate change um so what it relates to is that people have to change their lifestyles drastically and 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 i think that 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 the resistance comes from the fact that people don't want to change their lifestyles drastically like for example all of us us three sitting here doing this podcast you know we live in um in canada which is one of the uh highest like per capita pollute global like sort of ecological footprints in the world we are you know we'd have to change our lifestyles substantially and most people don't want to like I, I own a car and uh i i should have to get rid of it you know there's all kinds of things that we that we do that would have to change to actively address climate change and nobody wants to do that so i think people before just sort of saying like oh we believe the scientists okay let's uh let's make a mass scale change um, to everything we're used to, people I think would rather argue and say, "Well, you know, come on, because it's easier not to change." I-, I think that's why there's the resistance. Yeah, it's, it's very simple. There's probably like
2: I-, I think it's just human nature. Sometimes you have to, you know, it's like Bart Simpson knowing that a cupcake does have an electric current running through it that Lisa put there, but still touching it anyways. You know, there's a sense of a lot of the the more doomsdayish sort of guesstimation or theories by you know well-educated people about what may happen still sounds a bit like fantasy to the more skeptical among among us who say so i have to sacrifice this because of this hollywood movie scenario that might play out because i don't know i get all my information from evening news and hollywood films so <laughs> you know like i think i think if you're not um if you're not predisposed to trust in the scientific community or you're just, you know, very misinformed or part of an ideology that just won't support this without actually seeing, I don't know, some giant, wa- you know, some giant wave of snow annihilate a country. Um, you're just going to sit there and be obstinate. And, and and that goes for companies as much as people, you know, considering, I guess, you know, companies are not incentivized to do good Samaritan things in a great many cases.
0: Well, and it's like often that's – you said companies, and that's usually what the big thing is. It's the economy. So in this country, our government is very much opposed to the idea of doing anything about climate change because – uh, we have to keep the economy going. It's not just our country; a lot of other countries, especially since the 2008, everyone's like, "Oh, the economy! We got to keep the economy going." And of course, to do that, you got to keep manufacturing stuff, and uh, not, not that we're ever going to just stop manufacturing stuff. But y- y- really, um, regulating companies to reduce their emissions is going to have an impact on those companies, and they say we to have to lay off workers and blah. So it's like the climate versus the economy, and the economy always wins because it's very short term, you know, it's people's paychecks. So they're always going to be like, well, yeah, I don't want to lose my job. So uh, it's harder to see the climate change things because it is long term, like when they say by 2050, uh, or 2100, most people are like, well, whatever, I'll be dead by 2100. And it's unfortunate that that, that we don't care about a, the next generation. I,
2: I think a lot of people I feel like that's something I would have said when I was in my 20s, you know, like, oh, who cares, whatever. But, you know, we're all having kids and we're all having families and, um, you know, the we're growing into an age, you know, especially us in our 30s, we're growing into an age of responsibility where we're becoming the people that create the world that hands off to the next generation. So I don't I don't know about you two. I mean, both of you have had children, so I assume the answer is yes, but I definitely feel like. I don't know, they, like, I wasn't brought into this world to take a big shit on uh, the only planet we have and then give it to our sucker children, you know? Like, that this seems, like, completely not the thing to do. To but me. If you you go, S- go ahead, Crofton.
0: Well,
1: Stephen Stephen Hawking's come out recently and said um, that pretty much, if, it's not even if we continue this way, it's, it's it will happen, that if we, in the next, like, then this is a couple of hundred years. He gave a timetable and it was, you know, remarkably soon. But if we don't start like colonizing other planets, which sounds, you know, sounds ridiculous because we're so far away from from even attempting it, that, that it will mean, you know, the end of the human race and potentially the end of the Earth. And a lot of people have said, well, you know, I wouldn't bet against Stephen Hawking. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he he generally knows his shit, so uh, there's probably a good chance that that'd be the case. But but I I think that Mike, when you're talking about short term versus long term, I think that's a big it's it's a big. Thing and it 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 gets down to the base of what people's politics are, and often um, you know the conservative versus liberal uh, uh, politics in the sense where conservatives are 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 more against change, more More conservative. And liberals are, are more likely to to um, to engage in change for perhaps the the overall betterment of society, which can sometimes lead to growing pains. Now, the thing is, I've been fortunate in that I've always had a stable job and a job uh in, in in the public sector which is a very stable stable sector and I've never had to really worry about where my paycheck is coming from tomorrow so this is like a fear or a concern that I personally don't have never had to, had to deal with but like in this country when when sort of trash and climate change or when putting it on the back burner in terms of dealing you know dealing with the immediate it threat if you will the immediate concern that that economy or economical issues it is more to allay fears that people have with regards to losing their job and that sort of thing it's just something I you know I can't relate to and I like thinking about the long term with regards to you know the environment I'm environmental concerns uh, are are foremost in, in my my thought so that's why like I really don't understand that 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 choice like but really it, it's the one that is essentially being Forced on everyone at all turns, it's like economy or fight climate change. You can't you can't get them both. Choose one. You yeah,
2: it's it's so it's so strange because I and I'm I haven't heard a counter argument against climate change that resonates with me. And I'm not like someone who's knowledgeable about the subject, but I've watched you know the Al Gore documentary. I've watched you know several of the documentaries available on Netflix. Like I find climate change to be something. At least on a documentary level, to be worth my time to watch, because the same thing I keep hearing repeated is that there are there are scientists out there who are taking data, and it's you know it's one thing to I don't know listen to someone's even Stephen Hawking's you know harebrained ideas, and completely another to look at to look at data. We're like math doesn't hasn't really proven to like lie to us, or at least like you know as long as it's recorded purely i suppose like data does suggest something if that's the case and that we're you know by continuing to debate and slow down progress in this regard we are effectively ignoring the truth that's right in front of our faces and so that's that's to me like you know i puzzle over why there isn't more attention on you know why i puzzle i mean you said mike the answer was oh it's the economy but, you know, what our leader, like we're the we're the masses, you know, what we demand our leaders will give in, in order to retain their power. So we're not demanding it enough, I don't think
0: well that's absolutely true we're not demanding enough but and nor will we like that's the there's always a faction of people who who will the, the ones who are out there sort of saying like we need to do something and protesting and and it always falls on deaf ears because i do think that the majority of people at least in the fourth, first world don't really want to do what it takes like the change that's required to address this is huge and that's what it comes down to so as much as we're like Sitting here, being like, "Oh yeah, climate change. Why? Why is there a debate or whatever?" Um, if if it came down to what would need to change, it, it would affect each and every one of us like a lot. We, you would you would feel it in your day to day, and and most people just can't fathom that, um, you know, n- not having cars like e- the way energy, sp- the, the the amount of energy we consume is at kind of the heart of this. And there's not currently an energy solution that's not based on fossil fuels. So we don't have to have less electricity in our houses. How are we going to heat our houses? Uh, I like watching TV, my computer runs on like, you know, there's so much affected by it that people have to be dragged kicking and screaming into it because frankly we're like living in the essentially the luxury of all this energy from oil and to give it up involves giving up our lifestyles and people don't want to you know you can if you go to someone and say like hey how would you like to live in a much smaller house that's colder most of the time have less access to electricity not have a car uh most people and you have all that stuff now most people are like well you know uh, i kind of like my life the way it is to so screw you yeah, so they, then, all,
2: they all move out to the suburbs or to even more rural areas. I mean, I, I've known people who live in, like, you know, the country, who drive in an hour to work, drive home an hour to work, because, well, they don't want to live in the city where they're going to get that small place to live. They want the privilege of ha- having a country lifestyle, but be able to work in the city. And that comes at a, at a price, and that's people consuming fuel on a daily like, basis, you know. I think those...
1: I look, I think those are big things. Uh, and if we were to make a drastic societal shift, and I think Mike's right in saying that that is unlikely that everybody's going to get on board for that. And I think that that's why, by and large, plants target tr- the the big polluters first and foremost. And what frustrates me is that I feel that 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 choice that I was talking about about economy versus environment is not necessarily one that needs needs to exist in terms of at least making some steps. And we could be past. There's always dates thrown around. And I think this is one of one of the things that people who are who are um, uh, anti-climate change or anti like, awareness of climate change, if you will, will always point to, like there's D-days and, and and this sort of thing that the plans work towards. But the plans target the, the big polluters uh, uh, first and foremost. And I do feel that a lot of these, you have giant manufacturing plants, you have uh, um, ways of extracting fossil fuels that I think could be done, I think, in in a, a more uh, energy efficient fashion uh there's also all, gr- the green industry e- energy industry is growing but there's other there's other ways on that level before going down like obviously you want every individual to contribute but it realistically the easiest thing to regulate would be the industry right it, and and i think that right right now you're seeing uh companies pretty much say oh you know we could we could do these things, but uh, we would immediately take a huge hit to our bottom line, which may or may not be true. And I think in many cases isn't. And then they'll say we'd have to lay off X amount of workers, so you better just not do it. And then then it doesn't get done. Like eh. and and my my concern and maybe this is selfish has less to do with me and more has to do with these big companies that I think should be, should be, you know, spending a little money to pollute less that they can, but but they
2: actively, it's not only that, like they actively combat those competitors because if you're like, if you're a new (laughs) entrepreneur and you're like, okay, we need a new energy solution that, that positively impacts or doesn't impact climate change, like doesn't have an effect. Well, all those other companies will lobby and, you know, do
0: whatever they can to combat you as well you know like but it's, they fight the against is, it um, the thing is if you were to look at like total energy uh, usage in uh, like you're, you mean you're right Crofton that you can you can hit a lot of these people off by of really, a uh, big industry that produces produces a lot of uh, carbon dioxide at their manufacturing sources. They seem like big polluters. But if you were to look, I mean, think about it. there's 36 million people in Canada, we live in a cold climate. If you were to look at total energy usage across the board, I, I guarantee you that uh, home like at the amount that's used on people's homes is a large percentage of what our CO2 emission what drives our CO2 emissions. So so, when I mean like everything, it affects everything. So, like if you said, okay, well, all our houses are, have essentially, most houses have bad R values. They're not efficient, right? Uh, you need all house, houses to be like R50. Most houses are not even close to that in terms of being energy efficient and well insulated. So, if you said all of a sudden, but, and that's like the lines, the lines, energy usage is going towards that to say like if we really want to take a real chunk out of this maybe all homes in the country need to be brought up to r50 it would people would be like i can't afford to do that you'd have to gut your house and you know it, the impacts are huge and so what i feel pretty cynical about us actually accomplishing any of this stuff because it's it's so it's so impactful and even though i'm a total believer and i'm willing to I would be willing to do what it what it takes and have spent a lot of money in my own home trying to upgrade its insulation value and that sort of thing. Uh, It's still everyone has to do it. It's it costs a lot of money and ultimately it's not going to happen across the board. But when people those doomsday sayers, it's like, I don't think we're going to miss. I don't think we're going to get
1: where we need to get in time. I don't agree. I, I don't disagree. Rather with the with you pointing the finger at at Joe and Jane and saying that like the energy consumption is primarily coming from the thirty million Canadians. That you know that's true. But I do I do think that like industry. Uh, is is where where you've got to go because I think that they can make changes um, that will trickle down and like even even if it is unfair because you I know you and me uh, 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 can afford like if somebody comes up to us and says hey you need to retrofit your house to this extent to combat global warming we could afford to do that but not everybody can right and so so I think that even if you grandfathered it and made it a, a building code moving forward that all new builds or any even renovations of a certain you know uh size um, would involve you know doing do, uh, do uh, either ensuring that there's proper insulation or or that only certain types of heating could be used uh, you know who knows I, I'm I'm no expert it, in the field that,
0: that would- Exactly what you said there has been sug- has been suggested by uh, by people is that yeah we should regulate that going forward but even that doesn't happen because most like first time a lot of first time home buyers want to buy a new house and they won't be able to afford it if 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 that gets put in if all builders have to go to R fifty and whatever then all of a sudden you're going to price people out of their first time home buyers and now that's going to affect the economy. So it's so there's so much linked to it. It's so hard to do that because I in principle I agree exactly with what you just said as a as a policy option for sort of building going forward instead of, you know, going back and making everyone fix it. And even that doesn't work because uh, it still bothers too many people
1: and 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 uh, but it doesn't work because Is is it because it doesn't work? Because builders are saying, "Oh yeah, then we'd have to sell. Like we'd have to raise the house, the price of the house, and stuff like that." When they could, you know, start this becomes the new status quo. They cut, they cut into their price. House prices go up all the time, right? Like they couldn't, they couldn't just cut into their profits during the transition period. You know, it's probably them selling some sort of like you're buying your house from someone right somebody's selling you a sob story about why the price uh, has to go on and it's like, yeah, pass it down to the com- consumer. Or like if you have a successful business, do you take the hit at that one time? You know, like uh, it it, it's, it would be a transitionary period. I, I, I would like to see stuff like that happen, but I really don't think that most people are going to the ballot box and thinking about climate change. But I also don't think most people are actively refusing to play ball with climate change. Like I don't think uh, – people are saying like oh i'm i you know i don't want th- i don't want to to contribute or i don't you know th- i i don't feel like they're being asked in, in in that way and i don't feel that the general populace is, has turned against climate change i really feel like it's a conversation that is mostly happening between government and big business
0: i i mean i personally think it's a lot more than that and and, and and as much as that would be a good place to start, the what needs to happen is has to go way beyond that. And when I think of it, I think of it as, as being—it's a lot of it is just cultural too. Um, so when I was like, like a lot of rural people, Bo, you'll know about this. Your dad, you know, drives a big truck, right? And a lot of the people yeah, live I Yeah, and no, I met—we stayed with some people when I drove out across the country. Good, nice people, you know. And and they were and the guy we stayed with. He had a giant truck, and he was like. Ah, uh, trucks, the bigger, the better. And, but that's a cultural problem that re- relates to climate change. Like, if, if the culture in which you live is one where people are like, yeah, you got to have a big truck. That's what we do, whether you need it or not, just because that's the kind of little culture you belong to, which is a lot in Canada and, and even more in the States, uh, you have to change the way people, you know, set their values and, uh, but the groups they belong to, they have to say, well, I, I'm not going to buy a big truck like it's a lot of people say like, no, we'll just get industry to do it. But it's more than that. If we all buy gas guzzling vehicles, that really makes it harder to do what we need to do. And it's and that's just that's just one example. But it's all energy consumption across the board. The amount of products we consume uh you know that drives manufacturing which drives energy usage which drives co2 output like it's it's so it's so big it, it almost I'm, blows your mind i'm sort of inclined
2: to agree that it's it, it's it's as much a business and government issue as it is just a human nature issue you know where where i think of that person who owns that truck and you know if i'm that person and that that you know i worked hard to get that vehicle and when i was young that's what you know it meant it, there's 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 a story there it means more than just a truck And then some schmuck comes along and tells me, well, the climate's going to shit because of these trucks. Get rid of it. I'd be like, you know, it's so far outside the scope of my concerns. I'd, you know, tell that guy to go
0: fly a kite or whatever, you know. Well, exactly. And I think that that's actually like a fair... You know, if I try to think objectively about it, I think it's a it's fair for those people to say, well, who are you to tell me that? Because think like I'm someone, you know, you guys have said I'm like a hippie, dippy person or whatever. So I'm more inclined, like I'm planning to sell my car actually and get by on bicycles. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm willing to do that because I like it. But like think of something you really hold dear and like like um, and, and someone comes up to you and says, hey, that thing that means a lot to you and that you love, you have to stop doing that. And, and or d- else we all die. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> so if you, if you just think anything you like, like you guys both enjoy playing video games, someone said to you, like, you can't play video games ever again, or <laughs> you might be like, damn it, that's what I enjoy in life. And for a lot of people, that's stuff like shopping, that's stuff like having a nice uh, a nice big truck or whatever, or flying all over the world on trips every year, that there's the which airline, is, you know, it's the, just you have to I, ask I, people, I, and is it fair like, to say, hey, the stuff you like, don't do it?
2: Which is sort of following a paradigm, because... We've gone through a lot of that, you know, with civil rights movements and stuff like that, where it's just like you you're in this state of ignorance about something being an overall good. And then someone comes along and, and, you know, brings a measuring tape and looks at all the data and says, no, the way you're behaving or the way you're treating women or minorities or, you know, the way you're doing this thing, the way you're behaving. Cigarettes are actually bad for you. And a whole bunch of people go, oh, get out of town. You just want attention or whatever. You know, you have an agenda to fill. Like, I feel like it's a it closely mirrors a lot of this sort of paradigm of ignorance to realization that we have. And that road is fraught with resistance from people who you're going to make uncomfortable with that new information. And I feel like the climate change thing really is that. And um, I think the problem at its core is a human nature problem in terms of, you know, if we stop demanding those products from those companies, things, you know, uh, things that inherently uh, damage the climate, then business and government will follow quite easily because, you know, that's the way they're designed to operate off of demand. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they, they're there to fill demand, provide certain goods and services. So.
1: And, I, and I think that like when you look at um, – when you're talking about uh, about businesses and, and selling stuff, the, the example of the truck – and I do agree. Like if you told Bo and I, we both enjoy video games. You know, video games require X amount of energy. So therefore like you need to no longer play them unless a more efficient system is made, right? Well, then – then there would be efforts made towards developing, you know, more a more efficient uh, energy system, less big power supplies on computers, or or whatever is necessary. And I think that like advertising and marketing, like like Bo said, with the tobacco example, they'll they'll try to they'll try and sell you stuff. And and a lot of people who want trucks, and who who live out in the country, they sell this sort of you know farmer's ideal of blah blah blah. You want your big truck, even though you may not need it, you may not have a farm anymore. But you know what, you still want your big truck because you saw Sam Elliott narrate that one commercial, right? Um, but the, but the thing is. In the end, like you're – that's – you're being sold something from a marketing company and and they're going to be the last people to adapt once the cigarettes have been proven to – you know, extremely toxic, and everybody's aware. Only then will they. Even even after that, it, it takes regulation on the marketing I- industry. So, like the amount of steps to get, and 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 this is sharing in a bit of Mike's cynicism, to to get from where we are now to where we're like, uh, you know, regulating essentially commercials to say like, you know, you can't promote gas guzzlers. Um, as, as a desirable as a desirable thing, because we're all moving towards you know efficiency and in energy consumption. Uh, that's that's uh, that that it just feels like we're miles away. I think we are. Uh, I got one more thing
0: I I need to say to kind of frame uh, this a little bit. Um, so so talking about, I agree. I think we're not going to hit our targets. So then, th- there's two ways to look at climate change. There's the Um, there's the, can, can we change your behavior to stop, uh, to stop it before we get there? And then so okay. So so if we agree like, oh yeah, we're probably not going to do that. It's where it seems like it's going. Then the other thing is, can we, uh, can technology save us is essentially the other argument, even the people who are, who were slow to come along and are now saying, okay, climate change is happening. What they're kind of doing is, is, they still don't want to change, and they're just thinking like, well, maybe again, uh, the economy or capitalism can save us because if it'll drive technological innovation, so maybe we can find technological ways to sequester the carbon, so we don't have to change our lifestyles or to make uh, vehicles that are appealing and don't use. You, you, you know that that's the other. That's the other end of it is to be like, hey, well, it's going to happen. Can technology save us is the other big sort of question, and that's a big question mark because um, right now the technology is not there to either get rid of the carbon or to manipulate the climate to come back and cool down, which might have all kinds of implications. And So it's just, but I think some people are putting their eggs in that basket because at the moment it seems like, The change required to stop it before it happens is too hard. People don't want to do it. They're just not going to happen. So instead, they're just like, well, let's hope. And what strikes me as funny is that people would rather – they don't want to listen to the scientists when warnings are given, but they hope that the science will save them through some technological innovation. And that seems to me like a kind of supreme irony uh, in the people who don't want to change, but it's interesting. So, I mean, do you guys have any uh, any comments on that? Do you think we should get to verdicts? And this one is difficult on verdicts because um, it's not like in our conversation, like we're questioning, is climate change exist? It's more like...
2: Well, you know, climate change as an idea, like forget the current, I don't know, uh, emergency around climate change. Like that specific example, climate change is just like a phenomena in in the scientific community. You can, you know, like client, it's like... Like you often say, it's like delivering a verdict on a rock. You know, it's like well, a rock's good or bad. You know, climate change, it happens. It's it's kind of I don't know, up to you whether that's maybe good or bad, but it's kind of a relevant conversation. But I think what this topic is is the current, like the contemporary concern about climate change being a harbinger of extinction for mankind or well, humankind. And and me.
0: is that and is that good, bad or bullshit? Yeah. So
2: you know, I think there's a camp that says it's it's you know it's phony and there's a there's a there's a camp that's crusading for for awareness so I think that's what we're evaluating. Um, I can go first, uh, and you know we've spent a long time yes. talking about the subject and I feel like I've you know I've gotten to say everything I feel like I want to say on the subject. But the one thing that did strike me was, um, and Crofton, you might appreciate this. At the the top of the show, you said, "Well, how does?" climate change, you know, you figure this conversation about milk is somehow going to relate to the topic, but no, it's random. But you know what? I'm going to tie it together and say that, you know, if, if the earth were a person or if our, yeah, if our atmosphere were a person, then climate change is like me continuing to drink milk all the time and getting stomach aches and just not, you know, not investigating, not knowing that that's what the cause and doing that for a long long time until eventually something clicks and we get it and to me uh that's what climate change is going to mean for people i think at various stages you know some people early adopters are going to be like yeah mm -hmm, here's the data climate change is a thing we better start you know doing something and there's going to be those holdouts you know as you go down the list Uh, but i think if it's truly something that's here to stay then we got to keep talking about it and I think I'm pretty happy we've done a podcast about it because yet again this is another person telling you the dear listener that um we think this is a real thing and it definitely deserves your attention so uh for that I'm gonna say that the climate change debate is good
0: maybe not so much the debate because we should just all accept it but you know but see like again that makes it sound like if you were to say something hey Bo said climate change is good it sounds like yeah. you think that us polluting and changing the
1: climate is a good thing, <laughs> whereas you probably think the exact opposite. Yeah, because yeah, I'm going to go next, and I think climate change is bad.
0: And, uh,
1: and uh, yeah, I think uh, the changing of the temperature of the Earth by a couple of degrees or many degrees in the next few hundred years is an undesirable thing. The fact that it's driven by man is probably not good. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that it's it's uh, it's bad. Um, it it feels like, and I think the whole global international community is starting to feel a sense of, I guess, uh, almost like inevitable inevitability and helplessness surrounding this issue. Uh, it it almost feels like one of these movies where there's an asteroid that's gonna That's going to hit Earth and then for the first third of the movie, then everybody's running around saying how we're going to stop this asteroid. And then somebody's like, yeah, well, we could we could build a giant missile, but we would have to use up all our energy and uh, and you wouldn't be able to watch TV. Uh, and, And then people are like, oh, whatever. We've got like 100 years of TV watching before the asteroid hits us. Um, and, and that's, that's what ends up happening. It feels like everybody is kind of to a certain extent given up or at least the, the current generation in power. And hopefully that that's going to change in the future. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we'll see some large, large swaths of, uh, societal change. But honestly, I, I tend to lean towards Mike's cynicism and at least in the immediate future that any change is happening, but climate change is definitely a bad thing. And I would, I would prefer it not to be happening. He, yeah, I've thought
0: a fair amount about uh, this this issue, and it, and definitely cynicism is the overriding uh, overriding thing that I feel. In that, I, I don't think we're gonna uh, we're gonna do what needs to be done. You can't convince people. People want to argue. People don't want to change. Blah blah blah. It goes on and on. And then and sometimes when I when I feel fatigued thinking about these problems and that we're not gonna we can't save ourselves because we're too stupid uh or too combative to not change. And I'm just like part of me is like resolved or resigned to just say, but that's what human beings are. So for every for every 10 human beings, if eight seven or or three or two or three of them are saying, We need to change your ways to survive, and seven or eight of them are saying, No, I don't want to do anything. Well, that's humanity as a whole, and that's then where we're going—is to just ride off the cliff of, of not being able to see what's coming, even though even though it's right there, just because we, we 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 can't take that in that initiative. And so, I mean, that's why I sort of want to say bullshit, but like for me, this is a moral question. Um, and the whole the whole idea of going to live on another planet or colonize another planet to save humanity seems so stupid because this planet's perfect because that's where we evolved. There's no better place to live than here. All we need to do is not screw it up, and we can't do that because we're too dumb. It's so frustrating. Um, we would still live if we didn't have big trucks and you know had to commute in buses more. You know, it just drives me insane. So I have to say that climate change is bad. And I'll just add to that because Bo had the kind of different context in the the climate change debate. He said it was good to have the debate. I even say the debate's bad at this point. We need to be moving beyond the debate and taking action. And our leaders, unfortunately, cannot do that because of short-term thinkers. So the whole thing just strikes me as bad.
2: Good. Good job, guys. I just feel a little bad that I screwed myself into giving a, a dumb verdict.
0: <laughs> well, you did contextualize like, it. It's just yeah. Look dumb. We're
2: giving the same. <laughs> but when people look at the list, they're gonna go, "Oh, this guy th- thinks climate change is good." Like, Nobody. I'm sees gonna that profit off the backs us. of dead souls.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you are good listeners, have a <laughs> have something to add to this debate, which is continual and ongoing uh we would like to hear uh from you about anything we've mentioned on the show or anything we've forgot to mention you can get in touch with us at email at good bad uh goodbadbull at gmail.com our website is goodbadbull.com and you can tweet us on twitter at goodbadbull and also like us on facebook and and share any of your thoughts uh with us there we'd love to hear from you and uh, guys, if, uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with either of you personally, Crofton, where
1: could they find you? Well, as the climate changes, my Twitter account never does. It remains at Crofton Steers on Twitter. And Bo? Uh,
2: you can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter. Uh, yeah, follow me and I'll follow you back.
0: And you can't find me because I'll be off in the woods digging a shelter to try to weather out the coming global warming apocalypse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he won't have to go you're, far. You're he's those. halfway there already. In the
0: woods. You know yeah. what I...
2: Yeah, sorry. You know what I find funny is that, like, because the Stephen Hawking thing I can't, like, go of. So everyone's like, oh, Stephen Hawking, he's a smart guy. He's, like, the smartest man on the planet. He's saying that we better leave the Earth and I just have this picture of my head of humanity, you know, putting so much ener- energy into, like, a harder solution to leave the Earth and populate another planet
0: rather than just change their behavior. Just, you know, it's kind of like... That, but if anything, that <laughs> contextualizes how stupid we are as, <laughs> as, as a whole. To be like, it's probably easier to just take, like, a bunch of people who can and just go to another planet and let all the idiot portion of humanity sit here and just die... It's easy. to that's do that. that's pro- change everyone's mind. But,
2: but no, that's got to be the harder way to do things.
1: Right? I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I've told you guys this story before. And uh, apologies to our listeners if I've already told it as well. It's really quick. But uh, when I was a kid, um, I was the first one of three brothers to get his own bedroom. Uh, and it was the smallest bedroom in the house. It, it was the one that had the crib and all that. And then uh, we did an extension on the house. And, and uh, uh, I, I was, as the eldest, given the, the option of, of moving into the biggest bedroom, except it was with the caveat that I had to clean my current room, which was a mess. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. So I ended up <laughs> <laughs> staying in the smallest room while my two brothers moved into the bigger rooms because they would clean their room. I think there's a lesson there for me. I just can't determine what it is.
0: (laughs) You're like, uh, I'm just going to go down in flames with everyone.
2: The question I thought was hard was, do I like Kirk or do I like Picard?